Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb And welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm the other host, Sean Marshall St. Henri Philbert, who, according to HolyGrailPress.com, is the patron saint of woodchucks, marmots, badgers, and hedgehogs, German. And with us today, a returning special guest from the Groundhog Day Project, it's Robert Black. Hello again. Thank you for having me. No, glad to have you back, Rob. We need to... We need a nice, strong opinions to kind of wrap up this final minute. Minute 100 we're about to talk about, yeah. um, which the summary, I mean, I'll save you. I'll save the trouble, Sean. It's credits. <laughs> and, and then we and then we get to the, the we get to the um, the Columbia is it the Columbia logo. Right. Is that the word I'm looking for? It's not the yes, Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Columbia Pictures. Columbia Pictures. Hey. I mean, hey. we're hearing we're hearing the last of Del, uh, Delbert McClintock McClinton. I can never get that name right on the first try. The, the weatherman song that I loved to listen to, you know, and it's just yeah. it's like it's it, and I'm sure like when you did the the minute splicing, I'm sure there's like ten more seconds of it like fading to actual black, like and like like going to like you know the end of disc, but you know me too well, yeah. There's uh, if you want to come back tomorrow, yeah. There's a slice. It's uh, it's actually four seconds mm-hmm. of that Columbia yeah. Pictures logo fading out, four uh, and it'll be the longest episode you ever have. <sighs> I, t- I tell you, yeah, four this, seconds. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if 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 the audience hasn't caught on by now, I mean, we're we're at the end of the credits, and uh, I mean, really, this this is technically, I think, the most official end of Groundhog Minute officially. Yes. Um, I don't want to say like delete this feed after after today, but no, oh no, <laughs> don't do that. But um, it's it's kind of weird. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It's definitely that feeling you get uh, after. I mean, this is also. I mean, let's talk. Let's let's talk about the the, the 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 giant elephant in the room. We just got back from Denver. We had a and, and for everyone who joined us in Denver, thank you. You made the weekend amazing. Oh I, yeah, I, we had a great time. I'm I'm already getting emotional thinking about how fun it was. I I couldn't. I, I don't think I've ever had a, such a better weekend. So just once again, thank you to all the 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 minute listeners, the hosts. A great. I mean, just it was just a great meetup. Uh, you know, one for the books. And to come, you know, to come back, you come back to the real world, and and and, and just listening to people, not even get to like see them in person. I you get to listen to them over a microphone and a, and a headset. It it just doesn't feel complete, you know. It doesn't feel like we're all there. So you know, it's a little. There's a little bit of bittersweet feeling I still have the back of my throat. So you know that plus the ending of our this 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 saga of just. I mean, let's. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I I got more. I got more things to throw, but I. It, I, I don't know. Rob's blogged about this for years. He probably is, is more than happy someone else to, to talk about Groundhog for a minute. But um, I, I mean, let's, let's talk. Let's just talk about how this started, right? Oh, I have another non-Groundhog thing. I just let's. I, 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 well, you know, you go, you go. I'll go, but I want you to go. Rob, just what, what's on your mind? Just tell us what's on your mind, Rob. Well, it was funny that you called that the elephant in the room because I my first note, I said before we get into the minute of hand, can we talk about the elephant in the room? Oh, because according. It's a different elephant. According to Adweek, IHOP's burger sales quadrupled after that fake out name change that we talked about in my first minute way back in, was that 68? Yeah, it was uh, like 68, 69, 70. Yeah, you went on a rant about diners. <laughs> well, I, you 
know, I, I, I rant. That's 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 what I'm I'm I'm, I'm paid. Not <laughs> uh, not paid, but uh, not I paid, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I'm just getting emotional just thinking about like when when Sean first, you know, he literally pitched this project just as a, as a meme every day on the Facebook group, and it was like. <laughs> everyone's just getting like where everyone's what is what is this guy doing what is sean doing this guy's crazy and i'm i'm posting like what's this guy up to and then and then and then sean's kind of like hey you want to host and i'm like well yeah i do like this movie like i'm not you know i don't get what you're going here with this posting but i do like it and then you know and son of a gun you know we started just a little bit a little bit in late january if not in, into february and here and nice. here we are at the end of the summer yeah so i i particularly there was a couple things just to kind of close things out that I particularly wanted to get Rob's take on. And, and the first thing is one of the things that, that Dave and I, that we've been talking about for, um, well, for much of the movie, but particularly these last couple episodes as we close out is just kind of what we noticed in kind of stereotypical Hollywood form that suddenly at the very end of the movie, it, or like the last third, the last act, it kind of turns into a rom-com suddenly, or it seems sudden to me, suddenly between Phil and Rita. But when we really looked at it and looked at the ending, the love affair is really between Phil and this town and the people of Punxsutawney. Oh, yeah. And you look at who helped Phil throughout the, you know, this this loop that he was stuck in and who has Phil helped at the end. It's really the townspeople. Like Rita... She kind of ends the movie like there's no arc to Rita. She kind of ends the movie just where she started and just not really from that perspective, not really an interesting character versus you look at, you know, what changes Nancy might have gone through. What, you know, how's how's Doris changed Gus and Phil and, and all the Buster who didn't choke to death, who's alive at the end. You know, all <laughs> these characters that have really been affected by Phil's presence, you know, and, and you know, so. So Robert, you you spent a lot of time with these people in Punxsutawney, probably more than than anyone except Phil. Yeah. Um, you know, so what's what's your take on that dynamic? What do you think about Rita? What do you think about this town? I think there's two ways to look at it within the movie itself, which is sort of your approach with the one minute at a time, looking at what's on screen, a few behind the scenes details, but not much else. Is that Rita's like this trigger, and the movie was marketed as a romantic comedy. And traditionally, comedies ended with, like, a wedding. They ended with, like, a reification mm-hmm. of social standards. So at the end of this movie, regardless of why, like, Phil getting inspired by the townspeople, helping the townspeople, ultimately the visual reward that we get, and it's almost necessary, is that he gets the girl. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you think Rita should be with him, which she probably shouldn't. I'll agree. Mm. But sh- maybe she also isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he. I said before. Yeah. No, go ahead. He he does get the girl at the end. Yeah. Well, I said on the Facebook group a few times that Rita was a robot, and I know you asked me about that. Sean did in email. Um, the first time I called her a robot was day eighty-four of my blog. As a close call, folks, twenty-fifth of October, two thousand thirteen. So almost five years ago, and it was m- mostly it was a joke about the final scene because she's really awkward because she has no dialogue and i think andy mcdowell has this tendency when she isn't given a direction that she just does Mm -hmm. nothing and so they come out of the 
stairs and they're going down the stairs and she awkwardly takes Phil's hand. He has a line. He said, like, it's so beautiful. And then she turns to him and it's really abrupt and like almost animatronic. And then he says, let's give here. And she, she like has her arm up, even though she's not hugging him yet. And because she has no line, no real interaction till the kiss, it makes her feel like she's not even human, which is visually weird, but thematically maybe okay because she's this object of the story. Not she doesn't she isn't a character in the final scene. She's a reward. I know you have a problem. Yeah, and and (laughs) we 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 did notice that like her her like yeah silence at the end and kind of it's. It's Phil, and she isn't really. She doesn't say anything, and it's a very flat reaction. I um, I hate getting hung up on this because it's so true. Like I honestly, hate, I, I'm sorry, but like yeah, like like we are enjoying this film, and we're enjoying the highs and lows of all of it. Even scummy Phil, like you know, we understood the merits of it. Like yeah, he's got to be scummy because he's got to learn the lesson, and then you know, and then yeah, the best Rita is really Science Day, Science Day Rita. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, our best yeah. Rita because, you know, we see her most understanding. And, 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 and also, Phil opens up the most where he tells her about her, her childhood and stuff. Like, he tells all his personal information that he knows about her. And it's not in a way to demean her or to make her feel comfortable. It's just, like, to show him, I'm so lonely and sad. I know this information, it means, but it means nothing because every day it's just going to repeat. You know, and then she gives him that that burst that she does push him in the right way of like embracing the goodness of the town and what he could do with it. And I, I, God, I just, I do, I miss that Rita. That Rita, she was the damn producer. She helped produce some ideas, and and then yeah, this Rita at the end is like a husk mm-hmm. of that. She's just, you know, it, it feels like it's funny. We were just talking to Johnny over in Denver about you know Austin Powers man, and you know you get the fembots. You know, it's just like. Yeah, they're just these these hollow husked robot women that like are there to 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 excite you sexually, and they have but they have there's nothing there. They're they're just that, and that's yeah, that's the, that's a feeling we get is that like Rita should say something or I don't know, but just like I said, I, I don't want to keep saying the same thing over and over again. But the whole thing like oh they should have done this, they should have done that, they should end the movie this way because I actually want Rob to tell me anyway. How you, how do you feel about my my rewriting, <laughs> Rob? I, I'm fine with you rewriting the ending. I think there's the movie doesn't present it to us this way, but there's a way to think this is that same Rita, and she is she simply bought Phil because she wants to figure out how did this guy who was a jerk yesterday in the van give such an inspirational speech this morning that all the news stations turned on him and like all the cameras and microphones were on him. Where did he disappear mm-hmm. to do all these errands? And then the next she sees him. He's at the dance. He's playing piano. Everyone loves him. Everyone knows him. And it's like when he asked her about if the world was going to end, she just wants to know where to put the camera. She wants to be next to Phil right now to figure out what's going on. So if you want, you could take it as not romantic. Phil, it's romantic because for some reason, he's in a romantic comedy at this ending because that's how the movie is marketed. That's how the movie is most easily palatable to the audience. Okay. If you watch the original trailer, it is marketed as a romantic comedy with this couple. Yeah. Everything else is extra. Hmm. But, like, when he said, he, I love you, back, I forget what minute it is, back on when he was, right before she started slapping him, he had literally just stood in her way when she tried to get out of his bedroom. You know, that, that's really mm-hmm. yeah. creepy. 
But in the context, like this last night of the last Groundhog Day, she's out there freezing in the cold. It's sort of romantic. It seems like a fairy tale-ish. They're in this town square and no one else is around. Maybe she still thinks it's weird. It certainly is weird. But it's understandable that she might walk back to the Cherry Street. And if he falls asleep, which she says, then maybe she'd spend the night rather than walk back to the Pennsylvania Hotel and spend the night there. You know, she would stay and sleep simply because he was already asleep. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, but there... But that's not even the point Okay. of the movie. Groundhog Day is marketed as a romantic comedy, but it, because of Harold Ramis' involvement, his, like, Buddhist beliefs and stuff, it is this philosophical thing wearing the skin of a romantic comedy. And I don't think this is by design, but I think it's better that the ending be a little questionable. Because... It sticks in your head a little more. You remember it. And either you buy it because you like romantic comedies, you like the guy getting the girl, the girl getting the guy, and it leaves a nice little warm feeling inside. Uh, I believe Tierney a couple days ago called it a great background movie. You know, for a lot of people, that's what this movie is. It's a nice, comfortable movie, easy to watch, easy to enjoy, and then you forget about it. But if you don't buy the romantic comedy, if you don't buy the love story that's ending in this last scene then afterward you'll start thinking, well, why did that happen? What did Phil do to get Rita to like him? What did Phil do to end the time loop? Because we don't know. The movie never tells us. And for that matter, how the hell did Phil figure out how to be a better person? You know, how can I be a better person? And it starts becoming this personal exercise for you if you spend enough time with the movie. Like you two have, like I have. And it's, it's a fairy tale that needs a happy ending, but it also is something else that is asking us to add... Our own ending, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I like it. I like that. No, I, I do, I do, I do. I'm not gonna. I guess I, I, I guess I don't know. Like I say, like I don't want to like just just dunk on like oh rom coms are dumb. Like they're not. They, they serve a good feeling. There's a there's a reason I like action. There's a reason really people good. like horror. And there's a reason people like rom coms. There's certain emotions they want to feel, and that movie uh, hits those perfect points for them. So, yeah, I don't want to dunk on it, but I guess it's just that, like, you know, I guess, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm turning into a real fanboy where I'm like, it should be more realistic, as silly as that sounds in a movie, like, that ha- that this happened in. So I'm asking for a realistic ending. You well, know, I, 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 I think I know the, the problem you're having. It's not necessarily realistic. It's, well, at least for me, and, and through our discussions, I think it's for you too, Dave. It's consistency. Like, we know this is a movie. It's fiction. It's a fantasy world. Yeah. We just want things to be consistent. Because the one thing we keep going back to is the first time Phil says, I love you. And Rita's like, you you don't know me. Yeah. And then the second time Phil says, I love you, he still doesn't know her. Yeah. So, like, that hasn't changed. And it's just that Rita isn't consistent. The... We see Phil grow. We see Phil change. We know why. We know why that that first Phil, when he first says "I love you," is different than the Phil at the end. Yes, because we've seen it. Oh yeah. Yes. What yes, we yes, don't yes. know is why is Rita different? Why is the Rita in the middle of the movie different than the Rita at the end? That's that's oh, that's my problem. That's just what I don't see. Is like again going back to her arc. Where's her arc? Because for her, she hasn't been through the loop. For her, this is all the same. So why is why is she different? Well, we haven't, and we've seen, and and then, and, and also going back to, oh, sorry, go ahead, Robert. I was just say we haven't seen her 
at the end of Groundhog Day or on February 3rd prior to this either. Maybe mm-hmm. she, I mean, playing devil's advocate against your side here, maybe she has changed by being in Punxsutawney this day too, even though she only spent one day. And when I traveled to Woodstock, I was there for from Friday night to Monday morning. And it felt like I immediately wanted to like go back the next year and do it again because it was this just like you got you two went to Denver this past weekend for the, the movies by minute thing. It's mm-hmm. something that you miss when it's done. It's something that can change something inside you, just like a movie can. And so, I, yes, I think the movie does a bad job of showing us a Rita who would allow this and would do this. But I think outside the movie, like headcanon kind of thing, you can make an argument that this is the same Rita. She is a producer who sees something interesting in front of her and goes with it. When she was in his bedroom and he tried to get in the way of her leaving, she wanted out. But when he says, I love you, and they're out in the town square, she doesn't need to run away. She just wants to figure out who is this guy and why is he saying he loves me? She doesn't even need to challenge him by saying, you don't know me, because there's no point to that conversation. Because they're outside. She can get away. They're, I think it's like 100 feet from her hotel at that point. If she okay. wants to run away. Right. And it's like her, her, her news lady instincts, her news producer instincts are kicking in and what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And I could see that. And it's not, it's not entirely inconsistent because going back to my first point or earlier point about the relationship between Phil and the town, we didn't see it, but... Larry and Rita spent a day in this town while Phil is running around doing all his catching kids, dropping out of trees and changing tires (laughs) and so forth. Larry and Rita are interacting with the town and the people of Punxsutawney in their own way. And then I guess that could build like she's got her experiences of the day and then add to that the interactions she sees between Phil and the townsfolk at the banquet. All right, you know, so there is room for her for her to have some change. I will well, allow. Plus, it. here in here in your podcast, you've operated under the assumption that they met yesterday when she showed up in the studio at the beginning of the movie. They spent an hour and a half together. Like, let's assume they didn't meet before that. They spent an hour and a half mm-hmm. together in the van at the end of a work day, and he's in a bad mood. He's not even that bad until the pelvic tilt line outside the hotel. Mm-hmm. And so an hour and a half, he may have been funny. We don't know. We only see a few minutes of it in the drive footage because we're not going to watch an hour and a half of them driving up to Punxsutawney. <laughs> so then in the morning, he shows up, probably shows up with like danishes and coffee again, just like the other day that we saw. And right. then does this amazing inspirational speech that cites Chekhov inaccurately, but that's a separate issue that inspires the town and inspires people to pay attention to him and might be the very reason he, he that touches Larry. Nancy knows who he is, that Doris knows who he is. Cause we don't know if he goes to back to the tip top today on this la- or yesterday on the, the last day. Right. Yeah. And Rita sees that too. So maybe she thinks maybe the drive yesterday was a bad day and this is Phil and she's interested. Hmm. So when he seems really cool at the dance later and then he's up for, you know, for sale, she's buying. <laughs> is that right. her money or is that the studio petty cash they gave her? I think it's her money. I, I mean, I there's no reason to think that. I just think it's more amusing. 
If that's her checkbook, she pulls out to read that amount. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think that is her money. Okay. All right. I just want to clear that up. I think part of this comes down to your... You two are coming at this one minute at a time, and you spend a lot of time with figuring out what these characters are like moment by moment. And this Rita doesn't, as you said, seem consistent with earlier. Most people don't experience the movie that way. They experience it. The inconsistency was, what, 40 minutes ago? We're okay with that because we've seen Phil become a better person and we want him to win. We want him to get something good, not just get out of the time loop. Mm -hmm. We want something tangible for him. And Rita's tangible. Andy McDowell was hot in 1992 when they filmed this, you know? And Rita's cute. So it's a good thing and we want it to happen. You, on the other hand, coming at this minute by minute, like a few minutes ago, it seemed like you were almost upset that the dance didn't take more time and we didn't spend more time with the townspeople. We, I forget which one of you wanted it, but a final scene of them leaving the town and we see people in the diner. We see the other characters that we've seen all along. That's the role that the dance plays. But for you, it was you know days ago because the recording schedule. For the people watching the movie, that was what five, six minutes ago? It's much more in their mind. Yeah. It's close enough to the Just end of the movie that ago. they said goodbye to the town. Now it's what does Phil get out of it? I respect it, but I do not agree. <laughs> respect that? <laughs> I don't agree. I want to see the banners come down. I want to see the town to proceed. But they're all changed for the better because of Phil. Yeah. That's what I care about at the end. I, I would love care. to see the banners come down. I think that'd be a cool shot at the end of a movie like this. I want to see the van leave the town. That's what I want. I need it's the checkoff van for me. I see the yeah. van come in. I need to see the van go out. Yeah, I can <laughs> kind of get on board what you what, what you're saying, Robert, about how the 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 banquet is when and it's it's mainly been Dave saying you know prompting that he really wants to see the town involved with this ending and and yeah, like you said, it's only been a for someone watching the movie like a normal person. It's only been a few <laughs> minutes ago. They probably feel like they got that. But yeah. what we really don't... It I want to close the whole loop. I want... You know, the, the the three of them, Phil, Rita, Larry, back in the van, back with with uh, Delbert McClinton and our Weatherman song, <laughs> you know, as they ride off into the sunset. Just kind of close the loop that way. And, and not that I... I mean, I, I, I love the movie as it is. I would just love it a little bit more. Yeah, that's, that's I want it a little bit more. I want the feeling that he's going to go forth and prosper, not, hey, now that I've been living here so long, I've learned so much things that I'm allowed to leave. Why well, do I want to leave now? You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I want I want I want the I want the I want the book of Phil. That's what I want. I want that, that extra gospel where he he goes forth and he, uh, you but know, you want him to go earth. back to Pittsburgh. I want him to. Right? Uh, yeah, I, I want him to yeah to come back with the with the wise wisdom to help others and to give pay it forward. One of the one of the he pays it forward. Yeah, it's a nice idea. But one of the like one of my best sort of epiphanies when I was writing my blog, I, f- I forget what day this came out, was that Phil was never trapped in Punxsutawney. The place he was trapped was Pittsburgh. He had a job he didn't like. The movie, this movie as it is, but earlier scripts get it. Like, the movie doesn't show it. He was chasing after women he couldn't really connect with. 
and he made jabs at everyone. He's sarcastic and he's rude because mm-hmm. that's what you do when you are depressed, when you your life isn't going how you want it. You want to make other people feel bad to make yourself feel good. He's like a bully. Yep. Yeah. And exactly. so in Punxsutawney, he gets to become a better person because of the town, not because of Rita. She's the inspiration, but she's not the means. And the dance is that result. It's these people know him. These people love him. In the scripts, there's other people in the in the final revision. There's a teenage girl who wants to buy him, like not just Doris and Nancy and and Rita. He's one, uh, not one, but the town loves him. He loves the town, and I think it was just it was in minute ninety eight that your guest said if he's been in there like ten thousand years, he's gonna get out and kill himself because he's he can't do regular life. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice idea to think he goes out and inspires other people, but that's what the movie's for. It's not what Phil's for. I'm just saying, I would, I, you know, the palace <laughs> cut, I would cut that and I would just show it to the test audiences and say, look, let me know what ending you like better. And then, you know, and then just <laughs> see if they like the original one. And I say, okay, well, let's bring in another test audience. But yeah. I would recommend you watch Stork Day. I'm not saying the, the Italian remake. It's not as good, but I think you'll like the ending more. I'm not comparing the films, but it's like it's like my ending now. <laughs> it just feels like a better ending to me. And it's like after when you see the, good. the the original written ending for God, uh, what's that movie with Will Smith and the zombies in New York? What's that Legend. Called? Legend. I am, I am legend. legend. How the original ending? Legend. The original ending he, they had for the movie is that like he realized that these zombies are real people. And he was like, oh, and I've been experimenting yeah. on them horribly. And then he, like, leaves the town w- with the knowledge to do it. But in the movie, they're just like, what if he just blows everything up? Cool. You know, it's like that. <laughs> you're just like, well, that was an okay ending. But now that I know this other ending exists, it makes me just, like, upset that that's the ending that, like, 90% of the audience saw, you know? And I'm not saying, like, I'm not, and I'm also not, by the way, gonna get ahead of this in case anyone asks on the forums. I don't want it to be like the clue ending where it's like each theater gets their own different ending and then they <laughs> meet at the water cooler at work and, like, oh, what's the ending you got? You know? I don't Which want that. Did you That's, see? Yeah. <laughs> I saw the exactly. one where he ended up with Nancy and Larry went home mm-hmm. alone. <laughs> he, he wakes up the next day, Nancy rolls over in bed and she. He's like, um, well, we don't even know how it happened. Got to go back to Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) But at at least we don't get Rita in a time loop like the original script. I mean, Danny Rubin is a great guy. He was very nice when I met him and when I've talked to him on Facebook. But the voiceover was excessive and the ending of Rita in the loop was silly. Larry in the time loop I can take. Rita, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Larry in the time loop. Yeah, I oh man, I can't, I still can't get over it. I mean, like you know, I said I, I, I like the I know I hold on one more bit. Uh, Dunkin' on Ruben, but yeah, that 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 voiceover. He's just like the name's Phil Collins. I'm a weatherman. I tell the weather, and it, yeah. it just like like, you know, like all I can hear is this Harrison Ford Blade Runner monologue about introducing the movie. You're like, oh, this is how we're starting. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad it's not there. Yeah, well, it's. it's the I think I I read a little bit about what he writes. So in uh in his ebook, how to write 
Groundhog Day. Ruben, it's got like his first draft original screenplay, yeah. and then he's he's footnoted it, and he defends that ending, the twist where then Rita wakes up and she's in a loop on February third. It's like, all right, you know, we know first drafts are first drafts. That's that's fine. We're not going to be too harsh on you, but then. <laughs> He like continues to defend that as like, oh, this you know you need a good twist ending, and and this is a good twist. I'm like, oh, it's, it's just, I'm okay with a twist ending. It's it's not good. And the original Rita is a little bit more brusque. She's more experienced. She's not the new one. And film Rita right. is occasionally a bitch, but she doesn't need a time loop. She's okay. She's not a bad person. Well, I I I I say we. Not only do we not need a twist, we need there to not be a twist at the end. Because if there's a twist, it kind of throws away everything we've seen. It may still be entertaining, but in terms of thought-provoking and meaningful, this this you know this change that Phil goes through, and and Dave and I we've talked yeah. about it a little bit yeah, that Rita's certainly not perfect, and we've we've picked at her and some of her foibles throughout the movie, but. She seems like genuinely a kind person and a nice person, an empathetic person. All the, all the reasons that Phil likes her and that Phil falls for her and that she inspires Phil to become better mm-hmm. is she could because she is she's better than him at least in his eyes. But if she's better, yeah. like if the loop is some kind of karmic exercise to let Phil work out his demons and become a better person. Well then, why is and not that Rita's perfect? Not that there's nothing Rita can you know she she has got some things she needs to work on, but she's not Phil. So it was like, oh, if Rita can end up in a loop, then I'm just gonna give like what hope do I have? Like Phil inspires me, like oh I could be like Phil, I can get better. And it's like, well no, don't bother because you get better, you be Rita, and you still get stuck in a loop. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of ruins the whole thing for me. Yeah, and 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 also I know we talked about the end, the the, the other ending that I that I pitched, which is like we do we do the uh, the after credit scene with Larry, where <laughs> we see him leaving the house holding the the leftovers that the old ladies made him for dinner last night, <laughs> you know, and then him getting in the, like the, having to like get the snow off the van. That's like a, it's like a funny thing. I get it, but it's you know it takes away like the the hit of the. The romance at the end, but you know, look, I read Catching the Rye wrong, so I mean, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do want to talk. Larry having a good night with the old women would be nice. I think. I think I would feel. How about that? I'll give you the romantic ending of them and the on the fence, and they, they they run through their street. If I get the after credit scene of Larry leaving the old lady's house with leftover in a Tupperware. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like that's a good Fair. compromise. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the lantern as a yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I do want to. I'm going to just cut in at this point, and because this is a minute of credits, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the credits. I'm not going to go through everything. Oh, I, I have notes on the credits. Um, <laughs> Proceed, counselor. Yeah, please. So, so Robert, what, what do you think about these credits? They're not the most interesting visually. I mean, this is the end of the mm-hmm. credits, so. It's the boring part, but I do have a couple specifics. Part of them was one was as a joke. I was going to say second one, you know, unit publicist Nancy Willen's next film was Just Cause. That's not that interesting. But then I realized the very next credit, uh, unit publicist Rafe Blasey, this was his last film. Mm-hmm. 
he died in August before the film was in theaters, and I thought that was kind of sad. Mm. So I didn't look up anyone else. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to kill anyone else after that. Like, he was 55, and he died in... I couldn't figure out what, how, like what, what he died of, but he died in August of 92. And then I had a couple notes related to things in the credits, but if you have notes on the people in the credits, you can go. What, yeah, what was your yeah? What was your notes, Sean, on the, on the, on the credits? What about, <laughs> well, the, what, I, what yeah. about this? What about this? Tree is a poem by Joyce Kilmer. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's <laughs> the poem. You know, Tree. you gotta. I guess you gotta credit everything. Well, I was interested. So, or what I found interesting is it's kind of like the the credits are kind of like uh, the the answers in the back of the book when you're doing your homework. <laughs> and uh, so, like one of one of the things that was a mystery for me that we originally got the answer from from our current guest Robert was the 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 French poetry that Phil oh, yeah. recites for uh, for Rita in the German restaurant uh, ironically enough or that's not irony but um, at the end of the song credits we get a credit the musical composition and I'm gonna murder this this pronunciation but uh, for yes. La Bure du Celebatar by uh, Jacques Brel it's close. And that's yeah. So so at the end of the the music credits, the uh, they credit that musical composition, and that's the 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 actually it's a it's in French is the language, but it's a Belgium singer. It's actually Belgian who right? sings the so. song, the lyrics that that Phil recites. So uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So they 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 credit that, and uh, yeah. So and they also yeah they give a credit to uh, to trees. And apparently you need permission. That's not public domain or anything yet. The the poem by Joyce Kilmer. And it's used by permission of uh, Jerry Vogel Music Co. Inc. They're, they're, they're making that big Joyce Kilmer money. Which I guess is okay. He does spoil the ending of the poem. I believe Only God Can Make a Tree is mm-hmm. the last line. Oh no, I yeah. said it. Now you're going to have yeah. to credit them. I'm still weirded out by that. It's almost like being in love. It's like, what, what? If it's almost like being in love, then what is? What is? Why is Phil talking about love? Then read it. Think about that. Because Phil's insane. He just spent thousands of years or two months in a small town in Pennsylvania. That'll drive anyone crazy. All right, that's fair. All right, that's like that. <laughs> so it's almost. <laughs> it's like almost like being in love. love. All right. I did have a note on that song though. Almost like being in love. Okay. Because you you mentioned it, I guess it was a couple of minutes ago when that song was on. Uh, you mentioned in passing that it's from Brigadoon, but you didn't say anything about what Brigadoon was. Right. And Brigadoon is about two guys who find a Scottish village that only appears every 100 years and is like this magical little place. There's It's the small town versus they're like city guys, and they find love there. It's a direct reference to like what this movie is going for with the themes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of familiar with the story of Brigadoon, but I've I've not seen either either performed on the stage or I haven't seen the movie. So yeah, I didn't kind of really we didn't we didn't make that connection. Yeah, I've seen it live a couple times but, and like years ago. And so when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, that song is from Brigadoon. It was something I never wrote about on my blog. I just never <laughs> made that connection. So that was cool. Like new yeah, things are nice. Right. Small towns. But yeah, it's, uh, what is it? Operetta, a source book, says that Brigadoon is thematically, wait, thematically the musical depicted the contrast between empty city life and the warmth and simplicity of the country, focusing on a theme of love transcending time. 
which aside from the musical part is a pretty good description of Groundhog Day. Do you think Phil cries in the van on the way back? <laughs> yes. If they talk him into going back, probably. But I, yeah, I like yeah. that 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 idea of, of love. Excuse me. Yeah, love love transcending time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which makes sense. There's another reason, and I forget who said this a few days ago, that maybe like Rita feels echoes of the things before. Maybe the movie is suggesting that love does transcend time. It transcends the time loop. She feels, she may not know anything about the previous loops, but she feels them. And so she can feel how Phil has improved and how they've Are you saying that love is quantifiable? No. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> there are... Are you sure? Because well, I heard that in, 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 uh, in Interstellar, that love is quantifiable, so I don't know. Well, no. That's it, like a... But yeah, I, so there are... There were scenes where we kind of felt that, like there, there seemed to be hints that these characters are changing due to things that they can't, you know, they don't know or they don't remember. Yeah. But maybe it's just a feeling. And maybe the better Phil gets, the more everyone in town feels it. Like they feel echoes of his improvement. And so by the time of the dance, it's not that they've seen him that day. They just kind of remember him. They have a feeling. I like this. I like this. I like this. Yeah. I like this. This is subtle, but I like it. That makes you, that does. Yeah, no, I like that one. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we need to have like Rita like look at the camera, and make a revelation, like a Kaiser Soze level realization of like <laughs> that she really loves Phil because of all these days where she actually did knew him and stuff. But yeah, I, I like the idea of like yeah, the echoes of being better just reverberates so much. Yeah, I mean, all right, just and then the the last. And I should note, I don't know why ne- why now. But I just thought of it. Oh. One thing you, I know you didn't like Larry a few minutes ago when he was going after Nancy. I think it's mm-hmm. interesting that in the final revision of the script, the line about seeing the inside of the van is something Phil said much earlier. And so Larry is like literally echoing Phil. And so it's like he's what Phil used to be as a reminder so we can see that contrast. So yeah, Larry is a bit of a creep, but there's a purpose to it. Hmm. Okay. So it's reflections of the old Phil in Larry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of does that kind of makes sense in a way where it's just that you know Larry's been around Phil a lot, so like their negative energies probably bounced off each other a lot. So yeah. I kind of all right. I kind of I kind of I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Well, and and Larry kind of looks up to to Phil. He's a little bit of a father figure for for Larry. I think. Hmm. I guess I guess I, I Larry's like the proto Phil. Well, we never we never heard yeah if he actually had family or kids, so we have to assume that like yeah he you know we always talk about how he's probably just single, and just that like yeah he, he goes to the job and then Phil's negative so he's negative and Phil's cheesy then like Larry's like well if he's cheesy and gets away with it I'll be cheesy. Then... <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah I, I kind of had that same thought that like the. Larry sees how Phil's end up. It, you know that last day when he gives the checkoff speech and he he touches Larry figuratively, not 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 literally. Mm-hmm. And then he sees you know Phil gets you know three hundred bucks at the auction and everything. And <laughs> yeah, he may think, oh well, I'm, I I want to be more like Phil, but he still remembers the old Phil. Yeah, not just the new yeah. Phil. Um, we don't. Yeah, we don't. It's, it's interesting. We don't. We learned very little about Larry and 
you know, even within this entire, you know, the entire film happens over the course of three days between February 1st and February 3rd. And we don't see anyone's home life or family or anything, but um, we learn a lot about Phil. And then we learn about Rita through Phil when he kind of does his, um, you know, the, the diner parlor trick where he's reading everyone yeah, and he says all the things he knows about Rita. We don't get that for Larry. The only thing we get is he knows how Larry takes his coffee. Mm. Yeah. That, that's all we know. And he has a van. I, I wouldn't mind knowing more about Larry. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 w- I would <laughs> like, uh, you know, I just have to be a little bit fleshed out than just be creepy at the end. But yeah, I mean, I guess, that could be the sequel. I said, I, I'm thinking with, yeah, we think with, with 25, you know, 25 years between us and the film and movies are made way differently now than they are then. Oh yeah. yeah. So like I'm I'm like putting the 2018 spin of like well this is what I have in my recommendations of a movie. Just um, which is, which is well, yeah, make a time loop movie now. There's a twist. Larry's gonna get changed to Rita's gonna get changed to. But it, movies are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really cool. um, it's a quite ending here. I got, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I want to give the listeners really something to take with them and. and I hope we're giving them something because I feel like I'm just, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like they've already heard everything I need. Oh, I, got, I got a whole thing at the end if you want, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have, I have a, a, a final thought. There's actually the, um, and you're probably familiar with this, uh, Robert, the, the, the quote, there's like the quote, kind of the last lines, the last voiceover from Phil, you know, I, but since it's the final thought, I'm actually, I'm going to save it for the very, very end. Um, okay. But so I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of we've, we've kind of covered it. I think, um, you know, well, I hope I hope we've we've enlightened the listener. I hope you, you have a new appreciation and, and window on this movie and I hope you've you've enjoyed it. But I think it's I think it's kind of time to wrap up. I mean, with, we've been kind of bu- putting it off and we want to avoid it, Dave, you know, yeah. but uh, it's, you know, the, the end is. uh the end is upon us. So I'm, I'm going to jump in and say, so, so, you know, Robert, you know, folks that want to hear more of your insight, you know, what, are, what have you been up to? And, and, uh, you know, we, we've mentioned the Groundhog Day project. We talked about it when you were here before. Yeah. You can, you can talk about that. And also you, you have some new projects that have started that have been coming out since we last spoke with you. So maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about those as well. Yeah, the, the blog is on a hiatus when I did one more year of it after stopping when I finished my graduate thesis, which related to blogging and Groundhog Day. I took a year off, and then I did another year of the blog, and I stopped because I wanted to try something new. And you two came to me. I, I had a note somewhere in my file I have here for today about a rant, actually... This episode's coming out soon. Look for minute 17 of Michael Myers minute, which is the thing I'm working on now. There's a whole rant about fate. And I go backward from me doing the Michael Myers minute to me guesting on Groundhog Minute to me doing like grad school and the Groundhog Day project and backward to seeing lots of movies as a kid and growing up in a church that didn't really do very well for me mentally and having a weird childhood where movies were something I know people talk about like movies as an escape 
And I think of them more like mm-hmm. vacations. Like you step outside your regular life for a bit, come back to it a couple hours later, and you're a different version of the person who went in. And especially a movie like this that is really thoughtful about what it what you should be, who you, how you should be to other people. It changes you. Even if it's just a minor little thing going to see a movie. I see a lot of movies, so it happens a lot. Some people maybe see one or two a year. And if it gives you something to think about, then it has changed who you are. And I had a line day 579 of my blog. Uh, I, mean, I think it's on top of my Facebook now. Our lives can be measured in movies, and movies can be measured in our lives. And profound and profane depths can be found in the intersection thereof. Now, I wasn't trying to be poetic when I wrote that, but as I wrote it, I'm like, (laughs) that's the point of why I love movies and why I love my blog, why I love podcasting now. Because, yeah, I'm doing a movies by minute thing now with Halloween, Michael Myers minute. And it's fun. It's this weird release for obsessive tendencies and a place to just talk with people about movies and about whatever. And Dave and Sean are participating in another project that I put together. I won't say its name yet because some people participating still don't know what movie it is, but we're doing a movies (laughs) by minute Mm -hmm. that people got their minutes and weren't told what the movie was. And a lot of the minutes were assigned randomly. Sean and Dave's were not. I will say that up front. But some of them, I literally rolled dice. I rolled D100s to see which minutes people got. (laughs) And that was fun. And because of that minute, I've gotten to talk to people associated with that movie and talk to all of these movies by minute people and get closer to them. I didn't get to go to Denver this past weekend. But next year, wherever it is, I'm going. Because I like this format. I like these people. I like you, Sean and Dave. And what you do. And I look forward to whatever movie you do next. Thank you. Because, I don't know, there's something wonderful about sitting down and focusing on such a small thing. And somehow it can either be this beautiful, tiny thing, or it can blow up into something huge and meaningful for life. Like when you, that was Sean, right? That was on the Wilder ride with the like 11 minute (laughs) monologue. That was a beautiful thing. And like, I was driving in my car. I was in, I think I was in Hollywood at the time, driving home. And that was great. When it's just like, you're talking about what a movie means to you and what we can get out of stuff like this. That was just one scene in Young Frankenstein. But now you've got a hundred minutes of Groundhog Day behind you. And it's a movie that, yes, it presents itself as a romantic comedy, but it's much deeper and more thoughtful than that and if anyone got something out of any of your minutes or out of the movie i think they're better for it thank you yeah well well said i'd say um Mm. yeah and uh yeah so so dave so speaking of robert kind of mentioned it what's what's next for us so what's what's going on with dave so this is you know this is the end of this but people are going to want to hear I know people are going to want to hear more Dave. Well, I, I, and, I'm, and I'm glad. It, makes, it does make me happy that they want to hear more Dave. Um, right now, um, I'm still continuing slowly but surely on Five Minutes of Mystery. Um, I'm definitely going to be asking. I, I, I uh, 
I'll, I'll let the uh, I'll tweet about it to any of the fans that are listening. They're, they could be here as well, but I want to try and get some even more episodes in than the just the five minutes chunks I analyze. I'm thinking about just having guests on who it's like, oh, you've never seen it, but you you know you love movies. Let's just talk about Mystery Man. It'll just be like I'll have multiple just general discussions. So essentially, be me doing the same bit, but with mm-hmm. different people because I like I said when I started this podcast. As much as it is, is that, oh, I want to cover Mystery Man five minutes a time. It was like, this movie for 20 years has not gotten any more popular, and that's a, that's a law against nature. Like, it should ju- it should be getting more recognition. <laughs> really? It's a shame. Yeah. Like, we're approaching year 20, and I haven't heard a single... Like, there's been, like, I, I think all of, like, two blogs I found written in the last, like, 10 years about Mystery Men. Um and every time, and all these a- actors, they all still get work and stuff. So it, it always upsets me. Like no one ever mentions, "Hey, superhero movies make billions of dollars a year." You were one that was like a as a cult following. Just say cult following. I don't even care if it's not a, it's not a truth. Just like just bring it up in an interview with like William H Macy or Ben Stiller. Like so, yeah. That that that's the point is I'll be staying with that slowly but surely, trying to get more people to um to listen. I just put in a little fifteen minute clip just just this week. Where I literally just recorded everything. I was called. I call it discussions with Dave. There's really no. It's literally. I just turned on my new portable recorder I bought just for Denver, and I literally just like put it in the middle of everyone talking, eating lunch, being like, "I want to have this fun, this 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 quantifiable fun, like on record." And it's all it is. Just 15 minutes of just listening to people talk and ask, "Why do you have a recorder?" So you know, I did that. Um, right now, uh, I just got into a local community theater in Jersey. We're doing Frost Nixon. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to keep me busy nice. through September and October. And then, I don't know, maybe I'll buy a house. Who knows? I'm not sure yet. Because <laughs> apartments are kind of getting old when you're in your 30s. Yeah. Uh, a wealth of possibilities out yeah. there. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I like this discussion with, discussions with Dave idea. Um, and I think this is, Mystery Man is a really good movie to kind of center something like that around because one, like you said, for kind of the superhero ensemble movie, we've got the Avengers and Justice League and what's going on. And like, this is sort of the first of those um, and, and how things have changed and what things are similar and what things are different from, yeah, this little cult film versus the huge blockbusters of, of today. But um, there's also a lot in the quieter moments, the relationship among the team members mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and the, the rom-com aspects. There's some, there's some romance in that movie. There's some opposite sex or sexual attraction type relationships, not just the platonic teammate superhero relationship. So um, there is, there's, I, there's a lot to discuss. So I think that's a, that's a great idea to use that as a platform for just more general discussions and not, yeah, not just stick yourself in a one minute or a five minute or whatever kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. So I like hearing about that for, for myself, if you're wondering where I'm going to be. And so you cannot go there to avoid it. <laughs> um, I've got, I got, I've got a couple <laughs> things I've got, of course, there's the, the five minutes of mime, um, which will pick up again. We were on a bit of hiatus, uh, for August, um, was concentrating on, on this thing, on, on, on Groundhog Minute and, and getting this wrapped up. And then there was the, um, the, the gathering of podcasters in Denver and everything. So, uh, so nothing happened really for, for August, but um, that's going to pick up. We'll have new episodes and there's some other, 
some other things happening. I don't want to I don't want to jinx it and say anything yet. But uh, so keep an eye on on Five Minutes of Mime at Five Minutes of Mime dot com. And I've I've actually got a couple other uh, movie related projects. I guess closer to what what Dave's doing. Not um, not the movies by minute thing, but for uh, well first holiday related. Um, if you remember last year. Uh, around Christmas, I was involved with uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. Mm. Um, that was with our friends uh, Christopher Dennis DeGuardi and, and Pete Mummert. Um, and mm. with them, as you may have, as you can probably gather from the name, we talked about the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And we did it one day at a time by the days that go by in the movie. And this year we're doing, uh, for, for this coming Christmas in 2018, we're doing, I don't know, we don't have an official name for it yet, but I'm just calling it Scrooged by Ghost. Um, so nice. we're covering the, the Bill Murphy movie, Scrooge. You say it again! You did it! <laughs> I, you, I know you're trolling uh, me every time you say that! I'm sorry. That was, I did that on purpose I that knew, time, because I know I it knew. drives. You, you couldn't let me get away with it. <laughs> that was, you know, but no, so we're, we're covering the Bill Murray movie, Scrooged, and... Uh, we're breaking it. So he's visited by four ghosts. There's first, there's Marley. It's it's a retelling of the classic Christmas Carol, and you know, visited by four ghosts. The first ghost is his old partner that tells him three more ghosts are coming, and uh, so we'll break it down. Each each ghost will get a different episode, and probably do like a, a an intro episode before there are any ghosts, and then a wrap up at the end. So it'll be like six or eight episodes but uh you know break it down to similar similar to how we did with christmas vacation but we'll be doing that um with scrooge and that'll come out um you know december around christmas time later in the year and then uh back that up a month for thanksgiving i'm going to be doing a different holiday movie uh this time uh with my brother brian german who you remember was a guest on the show and we'll be doing planes trains and automobiles Ooh, um, you know nice. Probably one of, if not the greatest Thanksgiving movie of all time. I agree, and and we're we're still kind of fleshing that out. We're not sure. I may that that movie happens over a couple days, so we may break it down by day. We may just do one long conversation and then release it in you know hour episodes, or we're not sure how we're going to break that up. But uh, yeah, so that'll be coming up: planes, trains, and automobiles, um, and that'll be out around uh, Thanksgiving time, the end of November. And uh, I mentioned, you know, and, and so the folks that have been listening and paying attention to Five Minutes of Mystery already know this. But for the folks that haven't, um, if you really want to keep track of where I am and what I'm doing podcast wise, you could find me at catandshawn.org. And that's cat, C-A-T-A-N-D-A-N-D, and Sean, S-E-A-N, catandshawn.org. Um, and that's the, the domain for myself and my, my wife, Catherine. And um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. It may be more stuff. But uh, in terms of what's there now, it's just uh, a list of all my podcast stuff. So it's got a, a, you know, a, a link to the, the Groundhog Day, a link to uh, the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days, a link to Spinal Tap Minute. And also, I've been keeping track of my guest appearances. So if you want to know where I am and, and what I'm doing throughout the, uh, the whole pod universe, um, check that out at catandshawn.org. And I'm going to use that as a segue to go into, um, I think we should do some some final thanks, Dave and I. And I'm first, I'm going to thank my wife, Catherine, who has been, uh, well, very reluctant. I haven't been able to get her on mic yet. So listeners, you'll have to keep listening. Um, I'm going to get her on one of these <laughs> things someday. But she worked very hard behind the scenes. 
um, helping me with certainly moral support, but also uh, some logistics, getting things set up. She, uh, I believe she was the one she found, uh, not a screenplay, but an actual transcript. So it's the actual words that are said in the movie, because those sometimes change. They're not always exactly, or they're usually not what's in the screenplay. And certainly they're different versions of the screenplay. So she found a, a, a transcript, the actual words of what they're saying in the movie, and then she broke that down by minute. So I had in my notes what everyone's saying. So I could just refer to, uh, yeah, I had a spreadsheet. I could refer to just the line for that minute. Wow. And it had a listing of just the dialogue from that minute. And she was also helping me keep track of, um, you know, things like the number of times Phil got slapped and the number of times Phil dies <laughs> and, and things like that. She helped keep track of as she was breaking it down. So, so yeah, thank you, Catherine. Um, and, you know, she's not going to hear this. She, she doesn't listen to, to these podcast things, but. Um, I will thank her anyway because she's a uh, great help. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to throw it back to to my former co-host, Heidi Bennett, I feel I need to mention, who really got me started down this road when I saw, I saw a tweet that said, hey, someone's doing Spinal Tap one minute at a time and they need a co-host. And I answered and she was brave enough to take me on. So uh, thank you, Heidi Bennett. And you can you can hear her. She's... Uh, she broke off. She did her own movie, Cabin Minute Cast, where they covered yeah. Cabin in the Woods one minute at a time. Mm. And she's got a new podcast where she talks to multi-creatives and, and visionary people, and she helps them get their vision out. So uh, definitely look into to Heidi Bennett, what she's been up to. And then I uh, also want to thank you, Dave Palace, uh, my wonderful right. co-host. I've been... So lucky, so fortunate. I, I, I tell, I've, I've, I've said this before, and I don't think I've said it on a podcast before, but I've said it in, in real life to various people that uh, I'm possibly one of the luckiest people on the planet. Um, and that's not opinion. That's objective fact. And <laughs> to think that, that not once, but twice, I did Movie by Minutes podcasts with virtual complete strangers. Um, I mean, Dave talked about a little bit earlier about responding to my posts that I was putting on the, the Movies by Minute Facebook group. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think if, if I had listened to any, if you had started the, the Five Minutes of Mystery yet, if I, or no, actually, yeah, you had started Five Minutes of Mystery and I'd listened to, to a couple of them, but we really didn't know each other. And then just, you know, this guy's like, and, and I knew I needed a co-host. I wasn't going to do it alone. And, and this wacky guy says, yeah, you know, I'll do it. And I'm, I'm like, Ugh. you know, it's 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 a little bit of that Groucho Marx. Like, I don't want to be a member of any club that'll have me like anyone that agrees to be my co-host. I'm immediately suspicious. <laughs> um, and I don't I don't think I ever told you this, Dave. I'll, I'm going to do it live in, in the podcast is what what really solidified it is. Um, Dave did an episode on tabletop games uh, way back, I, I, probably about a year ago at this point did a podcast and it was about an hour of, I don't even remember if you had a guest. It was just Dave talking about kind of reviewing different games and, and the pluses and minuses. And um, you know, if, if folks that aren't, you know, if, if folks hear about tabletop games and you're thinking Scrabble or Monopoly, there's been, I guess we're going on like 10, 15 years. There's really been a revolution in adult tabletop, you know, dice and cards and different kind of games. They're, Oh, yeah. really mature and a lot more complicated and a lot more nuanced than, you know, Parcheesi and Sari and the, the stuff we grew up with. And um, I'm not a big gamer. I don't video game. I don't really tabletop game much. I play cards, you know, 
poker and bridge and spades like that's the gaming that i mostly do and um but i was i was enraptured i was captured i i was interested i was on the edge of my seat i listened to this whole podcast of this guy i don't know talking about games i've never played and i was still interested and i could i was still into it and i didn't get bored and i wasn't yawning and checking my phone and everything i was just listening and i'm like wow you know if, if this guy can keep me interested on something on a subject that i ordinarily don't have any interest in then just imagine what he can do with with great material like uh, like Groundhog Day. So you know, so so thank you, Dave, for um, you know for taking a chance on uh, on someone you know on, on a complete stranger and uh, and joining me on this uh, this this crazy trip through uh, through a hundred minutes of Groundhog Day. Wow. So that's uh, you know, thank you, Dave. Thank you. I'm 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 touched. I am. <laughs> It touched me there. No, it's it's no. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. To, I'm, I'm I'm anything. If anything, I'm sad because of how with Denver. You know, you sat there and you read the thing novel, and they were like, "Oh, it's getting late," and you like wanted to go home because you wanted to like just just see cat. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to hold you up. Like, if you're getting tired, you leave." And then everyone came in. Like, I want to say ten minutes later, and I was like, "Oh man, like everyone's here now." But yeah, yeah, they they were they were waiting for me to leave. Isn't <laughs> right. that, that's what was going just on. Just around the corner, you're like, oh, they're gonna show on. Okay, but uh, yeah, that's definitely something <laughs> that I'll definitely make sure of next year. But um, yeah, uh, I know. It's, I, I think I think what I noticed was, and it wasn't it wasn't Spinal Tap because I was like I was like it's, it, I think it was honestly I saw though uh, though uh, you know you're like oh, like oh this guy's probably shit posting every day the same image, but I I noticed that you didn't seem to half ass anything. You didn't seem like I feel like everything you were doing on the message boards was it seemed to be with like the best approach mm-hmm. to doing stuff. And then, yeah, then I listened to a little bit of Spinal Tap. And I said, I've actually seen Spinal Tap three or four times. That's like my dad likes it. I'm like, oh, okay with it. Got nothing against it. So, not much. I'm like, yeah, like, this, is, yeah this is pretty deep. Like, no one's half assing anything. Audio's good and everything. So that's why I felt comfortable when you asked me. I remember actually I was in I was at leaving work. I remember I'm in my parking lot. I'm looking at my phone. You messaged me. I was like, I was like staying right next to my car, holding my lunch bag. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I'll do it. So uh, yeah, I'll thank you for sending that message to uh, to me because uh, yeah. then I've I've learned better on you know scheduling and, and editing and stuff. And then uh, I always got to thank Kyle and Brady Crane because they're the ones that inspired me to do. I could do podcasting because they felt so casual when they did Jurassic Park and Ghostbusters. And I was like, oh my God, these are such crazy movies. These how are these guys going to do it? And they just did it casually. And they were so approachable when you messaged them on things. And mm-hmm. uh, I ran into Brady. You know, nicest guy ever. I'm getting choked up. I can feel it. But, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, nicest people ever. And that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, both, yeah, both those, the, the Crane brothers, they're, they're good people. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then, and then, um, Kyle's wife, Kathleen, I, you know, talk with her doing the cystic fibrosis tournament. Like, as soon as she, like, uh, you know, approached, uh, Crystal and I and Thomas and we started organizing, I was like, I was like, nothing but the best people here. This, it's, this is great. So, yeah, just, just thank you to, you know, everyone in that, in that Movies by Vince community, like, you know, because I said I was thinking about podcasting for a while, but you know, it wasn't until just you know that that this community made made you feel that you could easily do it, and that you mm-hmm. had a schedule. Like, what could you do? You're gonna do a minute. What are you gonna do after that? You're gonna do the next minute. You know, you're gonna do the next episode, and you're not gonna worry about if it's gonna be good because you know it's gonna be good because you got the most fun with when you're doing it. You know, it was like that. 
rather than trying to, you know, can, do we have content? You have content. You have a minute or you have five minute chunks of content, and you're gonna have. You won't believe how much fun you're gonna have piecing that apart. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to overstate how helpful this this movies by minutes community is. Yeah, the the, the Crane brothers. I particularly want to mention the, the guys over at Indiana Jones Minute. Um, I'm gonna get <laughs> choked up too. Um, Tom and Pete and Jerry, uh, so encouraging to to get into podcasting. And then once you're in it, like, so how I I, I record myself and I put it up, and people all over the world can you know, like just how does it work? And you know how do I do this? And and editing and, and the technical questions. So so there, those guys, um, Jim O'Kane, just everyone is. Um, you know, so helpful on the technical end, on the back end, and emotionally, you know, encouraging. And then all the guests, uh, I meant to put together a list. I'll, I'll post it on, on the Facebook group, and I'll, I'll send out a tweet where I thank everyone individually. But, um, you know, if you, going back to what, what you were saying, Dave, about well, content, um, well, yeah, you've got the movie, and then you need people to talk to. And, you know, whether it's something big like a co-host or just small, someone to come on, for a single minute or a few episodes, um, always willing to help out, always there to lend a hand, uh, everyone in that community. And, uh, and going all the way back to, you know, we, 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 we didn't say it enough. Well, first, Brad and Adam from Gutter Balls, the, the Big Lebowski deep cast, mm. going back really the, the first people that I'm aware of to talk about a movie one minute at a time, to take the big Lebowski and, and, and break it down um, for, for gutter balls, Brad and Adam. And then we have to thank uh, Pete the Retailer and, and comic book Alex. Pete and Alex of Star Wars Minute, who um, independently came up with the same idea of, of, of covering a movie one minute at a time. And, and they really... This format that we do, this daily format that you heard here with with Groundhog Day, um, really goes back to them, to, to Pete and Alex and, and Star Wars Minute mm-hmm. and, and what they did in, in the community that they started. And they've been very giving from the beginning. Anyone who approached them and said, hey, can I do a movie by, you know, my other movie by Minute? And they from, you know, they always said, hey, we we don't own it. You do it. Someone today kind of compared it to a cult, which it kind of is, um, you know, and we're grown to the point where we just had our second annual gathering in Denver um, of, of getting, you know, the, the, these podcasters and listeners together in this this movie by minutes community. So, uh, yeah, Brad and Adam and Pete and Alex and um, everyone, Brady and Kyle and Tom and Jerry and Pete and Jim and Johnny and Heidi and Crystal and John Roberts and um I mean, so many and, and, you know, John and Jonathan and um, and Doug, just too many to, to, to name them all yeah. <laughs> um, because I'm going to leave out a lot. But, yeah, the, the community and, and any, anyone who's listening, if you're just a listener and you have any kind of inkling, um, if, if you're sitting there thinking, well, why doesn't why doesn't someone cover this movie? You know, the, the, your favorite movie. First of all, go to moviesbyminutes.com and someone probably is doing the movie that you're thinking of. I think the last time it was up to 102. I looked yesterday. I mean, the, the list of movies yeah. that people are doing is constantly growing. But if you don't see it there, then then you do it. Yeah. You you can be where we were a year or two ago and join the join the Facebook group. It's the 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 what movie 
minute movie minute makers and listeners. I believe so, yeah. Or something. Search search for movies by minutes. You'll find us and ask any questions you have, and uh, you know that those folks are always ready to answer. Yeah. And it's it's been uh, it's been great podcasting with those people and and getting to know them as friends and, and getting together with you, Dave, in in, uh, in Denver. I don't know. We we haven't really talked about it much. I don't know if people know that. Uh, I mean, Dave and I have certainly talked a lot and we've uh, talked a lot about this movie. We actually never met face to face until the, this past week in Denver. Um, so that was always it's always nice to, to make the face to face connections mm-hmm. with with my co-hosts and with my guests and with, with everyone else. So, uh, yeah. So thank you. And thank you. Thank you, Robert. Honestly, yeah. Thank you, Robert, for 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 stopping by, for being a great guest and and a great resource. I, I hope I've tried to give credit where credit is due, where I've gotten ideas and, and information from from that great Groundhog Day project. That's uh, that's been really great. So thank and then thank you for being patient and and sitting quietly by while while Dave and I jerk each other. <laughs> yeah, off. pretty much. Yeah, just, just gushing about how well, or gushing. No, you're great. Uh, you're great. I'll no, probably listen to it again when it's up on iTunes, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I know I say it on my show, but you're an all-star, both of you. You're, you're all stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let me. Uh, so I mentioned the. It was. I think it's the third draft, the the latest draft of the screenplay I have from Harold Ramis, and the final lines are a voiceover from from Phil Connors, and uh, you know this is kind of Phil's final thought. And I think it's an appropriate final thought um, for us. And so Phil says, And so began my final lifetime and ended the longest winter on record. I would find myself no longer able to affect the chain chain of events in this town, but I did learn something about time. You can waste time. You can kill time. You can do time. But if you use it wisely, there's never enough of it. So you'd better make the most of the time you've got. So thank you, Robert. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. And we will see you tomorrow. If there is. Groundhog Minute. Groundhog. Let them say your hair's too long. I don't care you. I can be wrong. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. I got you, babe. I got you, babe.